Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had today there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom, what's up you guys? Welcome to another episode. I've got Kelsey Shern of Brass and Unity here with me today. She's been doing some amazing things out in the world, in the veteran community. And if you've been part of this community uh, for a while, you know that we need people um, that are fighting in some of the battles that she uh, is helping us with. She's also got a pretty awesome background. Um, She's done some amazing things. And I think you guys will all be seeing quite a bit more of her as we get downrange together in life. So it's such an honor to have you hanging with me, Kelsey. How you holding up? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. You and I met uh, last week at SHOT Show and just mutual friends and, you know, good people find good people. So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, and sitting down with you. Yeah, 100%. One of the main things that like really kept my attention was as a veteran, we all have had that. I mean, I feel like we all had to have had the situation come about where you lose friends, you know? And um, for me, it's something that you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I kind of was like, how come my dudes are still dying? Like, why are we like what I I have to still be at war? And that's really where I took it. I just kind of was like, if my guys are still dying, we're still at war. And, you know, right. that drove me to get my degree and master's in psychology and write a book and do all the things I've done. But um you know, a few weeks ago, I lost one of my best friends in the platoon who I never, ever, ever, you always hear this, but you never would think would, would uh, tap out like that. And uh, I remember, you know, you, you gave me condolences and things, but you did it in a way that it uh, showed me that you understood kind of a little bit more what I was talking about than I initially thought. And then, you know, obviously the learning began. I was like, huh, who is this? So that's, that means a lot. Absolutely. Oh, 
listen, I think our community is plagued by something that's preventable, something that we can stop, something that we should be stopping and paying more attention to. Being a Canadian veteran, I come from an outside perspective and I've kind of been welcomed into the American uh, the American veteran community and with open arms. And so I do have a different perspective. I do try to come at it from fresh eyes. And when you see that over there's 50,000 nonprofits that serve as veterans in America, and yet somehow we're losing now more than 22 a day, we are losing 44 a day, and we are losing them at a pace that is, in my opinion, unacceptable behavior, whether that's on the government side, on our own people's side, or whether it's just because we think that everyone is strong enough that they don't need support. And so in saying that, I am a Canadian veteran. I served in Afghanistan in 2009. I was an artillery gunner that ran the triple sevens. That is my job and my profession. But I was also a female CST for the American and the British Black Watch. So I did go out on foot and do operations as their cultural support team and their only female. And this is in 2009 during fighting season. And so to have those experiences, to be in those situations and gain uh, more than just Canadian brothers and sisters, but also a conglomerate, you know, being around so many different countries. The one thing that I always promised myself was if I will have their backs on the battlefield, I will do two and a half times more outside of the battlefield because that's really where the war begins. Yeah. Our society has done a, a really, uh, can I cuss on this shirt? Are we a show? Yeah, are we do not? Right. You can do They've right. done a fucking piss poor job of holding each other accountable and actually showing up for one another. And that's a harsh statement, but is the truth. Because if it wasn't the truth, we wouldn't be at 44 a day. And that's the ones we know of. That's the ones that admit it. And that's the families that tell the truth. A lot of times, if there's a suicide, we don't discuss it, whether it's because the death benefit can't be issued or whether they want the funerals to happen in a certain way or whether it's just shame, which there should never be attached because if someone is hurting, they're hurting for a reason. There shouldn't be nothing shameful attached to that. And so... In saying that, I was injured in Afghanistan and subsequently diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and medically released in 2011. And since then, been diagnosed with a, I went 11 years with an undiagnosed traumatic brain injury and just got treatment for that last year. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's been a journey. I've gone in and out of the suicidal ideations, the planning of it, the, the, I'm not staying anymore. My husband's not enough. My kid's not enough. I've done the psychology once a week for 12 years. I've done the overprescription of pharmaceutical medication to having to find my way through plant-based and other healing modalities. But the one thing that stayed constant since I started this company in 2016 was the same mission has always been from the beginning. Keep my people alive, period. Nothing more than that. It has never been about making billions of dollars. It's never been about servicing this community in a vanity way. It has always been very simple. Call your fucking people, show up and be there for them. Bring tacos, shut your mouth and sit there and be there when no one else will. It's that goddamn simple. Nothing more complicated than that. And so our product does that. We are a for-profit company that donates 20% of its net proceeds to veteran organizations all over the world. You purchase in America, donations stay in America. You purchase in England, they go to England. Simple as that. We use that through jewelry and sunglasses. And we use products that are made out of old casings. We produce our own casings. We put diamonds in them. We put Swarovskis in them. We plate them in real gold, real silvers. And then we send those out to the world and say, hey, this is a part of me. This is just the vehicle to put the money in the hands of the individuals that truly need it. And that's how we educate. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I dig it. No, you, this, is, this is fantastic. You hit a whole bunch of things, one. But two... 
Uh, I was on your website and I saw all kinds of awesome things like sunglasses. Thanks. Like, like I love the stuff. I love the way it looks. It's super awesome. So if you guys haven't, there will be a link in the description to go check it out. What's the handle? Well, once you get done taking that sip. No, no worries. It's uh, it's brassandunity.com and we ship everywhere in the world. And because your listeners are awesome, you guys can use the code Byron and get 40% off. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I'll put that up somewhere as well on my website. 100% can't wait to support. So you said in your, in you just said that you think that this is preventable. I didn't know that mm-hmm. the statistics have gone up. I've been kind of just hammering on mission, which is something else I have to like talk to myself about. I got to you know, make sure I'm checking in with my buddies. And that's one of the things we're going to do is we're going to all as a platoon, go get away and be together and check in on everyone. But how do you think this is preventable? That's really the question. Well, I don't think it's easy, but nothing worth doing is ever easy. So how do you guys have almost 50,000 5013Cs in America alone that service veterans in some capacity, whether it's amputees, whether it's taking people out to go hunting, whether it's getting them TBI treatment like Defenders of Freedom does and boot campaign, whether it's working with psychedelic organizations like Heroic Hearts or Vets, whether it is literally getting people off the streets like Canada does with a group called Vets, which works with homeless and getting them off of the streets. There are so you guys have more veteran organizations in America that are willing to help than most of us have service members in Canada. You get what I'm saying? Like, here's what you guys have. It sounds, and I'm making it sound simplistic. This would take a heavy lift. Don't get me wrong. But I've been saying this now for years, especially since I started the podcast, very simply. We have leaders in this podcast, Brass and Unity podcast, everything, Brass and Unity book, Brass and Unity, everything, Brass and Unity. Got you. So the thing that can happen here, but we don't do because it is a heavy lift. And when you're a CEO or whether you're running companies or doing X, Y, and Z, it is not the first thing on your priority list. It's not going to make you a ton of money. And I get that. Don't get me wrong. But where it becomes unacceptable and where it can be fixed is when we have now seen that it's been 22 a day for a long time, GWAC ended, Afghan pullout, fucking abortion. And people are hurting since that, right? So... We've got all these huge company heads, these leaders in the communities, whether you're an ammunition company, whether you're a coffee company, whether you're a podcaster, whether you work in mental health, we all exist, right? And we're these tiny dots plotted on these charts, right? Uh Why aren't we talking? Why aren't we meeting once a year with all the heads of these companies and sitting down at a hotel and going, all right, motherfuckers, this is how we're going to do it. This is who we're going to help. This is where we're going to put the funding. And this is where we're going to start networking. Because it's not necessarily about more money, right? More doesn't mean better. More organizations doesn't mean better. It often means confusion. It often means people don't know where to turn to. And it often means that they're not talking because egos step in and they want to be the people that help the people and nobody else can help the people, right? So what we need to do is create a database where these heads of these companies start sharing everyone's information and going, how do we help? How do we help? How do we help? And not in an egotistical way where we start our own foundations. Go to the people that are making the impact. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we need to pool our forces and kind of present a more unified front to solve the equation. Together, we will figure it out. Together, we will actually impact. Listen, it can happen. It's not that damn difficult. If I can network my way to the top that I have in the industry that I am, 
all through using DMs on Instagram, you're goddamn right we can do this. <laughs> but we have to want to do this. There's the difference maker. Everyone wants their friends to stay alive. But the amount of work and effort it goes into with somebody with crisis, somebody that genuinely is struggling financially, somebody that's walked away from an abusive situation, you know, there there's nuances to this. And I'm not trying to make this sound like, a, oh, well, this is just such an easy situation. It's not, but it is doable because I'll tell you right now, no one's coming to save you. And not only that, it takes within the community to heal the community. We left it to Veterans Affairs for how many years? How many years? Too long. Exactly. What and what has happened? Increase in suicide rates, increase in opioid uh, epidemics and addictions to medications. It's increased in homelessness. It's increased in violence towards uh, one another because people are so drugged out of their damn mind they can't think clearly. So yeah. now what we need to do is the heads of these communities, whether you were somebody in the military or not, but if you're in there now, you better be showing up in a different way. So meeting with each other, going, how do we connect? Who do we connect? What does that look like? And how do we actually genuinely start saving our people from themselves? Hmm. What would you say? What would you, I think that's the, I mean, that's the best answer because together we can figure it all out more 100%. on a problem. That's always a better answer. What would you say to the individual, like in terms of individual action and personal responsibility with regards to the issue? Sounds like you, you know, we've all had a little bit of a experience with it, but one of the things I hated and one of the things that I don't like is if someone says I'm a victim or tries to put this thing around. And and I know in the in the veteran community, sometimes that can kind of be like a like a thing, you know, it's like mm -hmm. I remember when I was getting out to like, do you have PTSD? And I was like, no. And they're like, well, you got blown up and you were in all this stuff. Like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sure. Like, I'm fine now. Did I have PTSD? Absolutely. Was I? <laughs> no. Did I be, almost die a bunch of times afterwards, too, from drugs and crazy stuff? Yes. But, you know, also individual action, personal responsibilities, all that stuff. And the grace of God has pulled me up to where I'm at now. So what are your thoughts on that? Maybe that person's listening. Okay. Yeah, accountability, guys. It's hard. It's not easy. Again, I'm going to say it and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. Nothing worth doing is going to be easy, but the life that you've been given on this face of this earth is worth living and staying for. And you might not be able to see an hour from now. You may not be able to see a week from now, a day from now, but you can exist and you can thrive. And all of us who have transitioned out, who are still with you, who are doing anything, anything, I can tell you, we all have a story of not wanting to keep doing it, but the difference is you joined the service because you were a certain type of individual. You were either an A-type or you were offered prison or military. And that's how America works, right? So you're a type of person that's either a go-getter in some way, shape, or form. The thing is, is you've been taught that when you were in the service, you have to show up for someone else, right? You got to show up for the buddy to the right of you and to the left of you, right? Those are who your onus is to. Well, guess what? Those buddies are still there. You can still hold yourself accountable, but now it's going to take a little more motivation and a little more dedication on your part. And where it falls short for people is when they and when they don't see immediate results, right? We've we've uh, created a society of instant gratification, dopamine hits left, right, and center, right? And so when you go to the gym, you're not going to see the result that day. You're not going to see it the next day. You're not going to see it that week. You're not going to see it four weeks and months unless you're consistent. 
But the problem is if people aren't seeing improvement in their mental health almost right away, they're like, well, that didn't work. That was stupid. The cold plunge didn't help. Okay, but have you done it for more than a week? Okay, cool. So we need to be talking about self-accountability. And that comes from from an, an overarching scale. If you're struggling, you need to reach out for help. You need to push your ego to the side, say, take a seat, motherfucker. This is my time. I need help. If we're, if we're both going to stay alive and you still want to run my show, cool, cool. You need to let me go get this help. You need to have the hard conversation and be vulnerable enough to be like, hey, this is difficult for a sec. I don't think I can hold this all by myself. I need someone's help. So that's the first, first thing is going, hey, something's wrong. And that's okay. I can fix it, but I need help. Okay. So get the help. Once you get the help, then it's time that you sit down and you start utilizing those tools at your disposal. The things that you're taught, whether it's in a program, whether it's from people you follow on social media that are mental health advocates, whether it's from follow um, individuals around you and in your community, use prayer, use church, use physical fitness, get off your ass and move. And I don't mean go for a 20 kilometer run and be David Goggins all of a sudden. I'm mm -hmm. talking about get up. If it means you have to get up and walk to the couch, okay? Then get up and walk to it a third time. Now walk to it a fourth time. Now walk to your mailbox. Switch your nine Cokes a day for a bottle of water. So drink eight Cokes and then one water. And then the next day do seven Cokes. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Bite size, small steps. It's not yeah. hard. It takes effort though. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's not hard, but it, there's something to like, it just it blows me away because we did such hard things when we were in the military. Like we're the literal demographic that should not be. We should be doing it because it's hard, because we want to be better than everyone else, because we're warriors. You know what I mean? So exactly. I, but I, I, you know, some we find ourselves in this weird spot, I think. And, you know, part of what I talk about, since I'm sure a lot of veterans will hear this is. Find your new fight when you get out. Okay, cut your cut your camis into shorts, grow your hair long. Like for a time, enjoy the you know the freedom you yeah. just earned. But in short order, and even before you get out, maybe find your new fight. Find the thing that you're going to be able to leverage the gears, the engine, the discipline, the focus. The I know what it is to go to war for them, them, and that, and this. Now I'm going to go to war for myself and everyone connected to me and everyone in my tribe and everyone I'm, I've been sent here to serve. And I go to bed at 11. I wake up at four and every single day I wake up, I go to war. I don't know if I'm over like my PTSD, like, yeah, you can wake me up in the middle of the night and I might not jump and like punch you or, or shoot you or anything, but I'm at war. And that's what gets me up. Like, that's what gets me up in the morning. I love it. Like, and through that, I've found a way to keep the warrior in me alive. And it's such mm -hmm. a healthy, like struggle, you know, and, and you're honored by your enemies. And when you're facing the ridiculous sophistication that is business and relationships <laughs> and all the things that you see in life, you can ride towards it valiantly with courage the way. And, and this is what blows my mind. The way you already have before in life right. with your brothers out there and sisters out there fighting a real present physical danger. And so right. that's the idea. That's how you keep the warrior spirit alive, because it will eat you alive if if you don't find a way to exercise it. And and that thing you said about physical fitness. 
Like this is too often overlooked. It's not about being jacked and tan. This is like a meditation. This is a cathartic experience. This is how you keep mm-hmm. your mind, will, your your spirit, soul, and your body strong. So that you right. know who you are. You know what you're capable of. You know what you're not capable of, which is so healthy. Um, and you know who you're becoming. Well, I, I'm glad that you bring that up and that you put importance on that. Because at the end of the day, prior to the military, fitness was my life. I was a fighter. I was literally a fighter for part of my career. Like that's what I did. And so the idea of not staying true to that and not moving my body, I don't know who I am without that. I don't know what I am without sweat. I don't know what I am without struggle. And that's the one thing that my husband will say. He's like, God damn it. He's like, I can run faster than you. I can do a lot of things faster than you, but you will outpace me all day long. I am like Thomas, the tank engine. I will just keep moving and moving and moving. It will hurt. It will suck, but I will move. And that's why I was successful in the positions that I was in. But the thing about fitness that drives me like, we do this thing every Monday called Mental Health Monday, okay? We do it on Brass and Unity's Instagram, Mental Health Monday, 945 PST. Without a failure, you'll see me ranting. Mm-hmm. Now, we also have this group on Signal because Signal, everyone knows, is where you go to have conversation, real conversation. Signal, we have a group chat called Mental Health Monday group. <laughs> people from all over the world. And we issue challenges. These aren't all physical. A lot of these are psychological, but these are wellness and betterment things. So last month was 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, 50 burpees, 30 days every day, show up. The next one this month is very simple. Two-mile walk, nothing complicated in that, right? But there's a movement aspect. Right. And you've got a five-minute meditation and a 10-minute journal. Nice. Right? So my, in saying that, what I'm trying to allude to is this is not go lift and power your way through a ton of weights. This is show up every day, move your body, get your blood pressure going, get your heart rate above 130, show up that you would have showed up for PT. And then afterwards, sit down, go take your shoes off, stand in the grass, take a hot second. Write down how you're feeling, because if you don't get it out, it will spiral in there. If you want to learn, you read. If you want to get it out, you write. There are tools at your disposal. But physical fitness does not mean run marathons or triathlons or beat the hell out of yourself. If you want to do that, get some. Go for it. That's what I do, though. That's how I manage my psychological state. I get on a road bike and I beat the hell out of myself. I do triathlons because it hurts. Not because I love it. I do it because it hurts and I want to know my lines and my limits. Although I'm not David Goggins, I get up and I show up. And there's amazing research around physical fitness, right? About dopamine levels and your mental wellness. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Why aren't you using it? Yeah. It's literally like 80% of the answer to to, to most of what people are struggling with. Literally between what you put in your body and the way you work your body out, you can solve almost all of them. You can pretty much just wreck all the problems. Physical fitness is four times more effective than an antidepressant. Yeah. That should be the end of the conversation. 100%. Right? 100%. And 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 then the fruit of it is just so much more far-reaching in terms of improving the quality of your life. There's also a lot of data around the quality of your life when you are more fit the the jobs the relationships the everything upgrades the access you get to society when you are more fit more attractive all these things and it's not you know and it's so funny like you got to say these things and you want to be like and i'm not shaming anyone but like at the same time like yeah but i am 
were, were we in the military or not? Like, don't be out of shape. Like, don't be fat. Don't make it. Listen, like, I got no nothing. qualms with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, you know. I, oh, it. Like I, I have no, I have no issue. I have no issue. And let me tell you why. Let me just give you a small tangent as to why. Yes. So when I was a fighter, I had to make weight period. You don't make weight. You don't fight. So all that work goes for nothing. Okay. So then you show up and you do it right. But yep. how in God's green earth have we gotten to the point where we have got people like Lizzo on the health cover of health magazines and we go, I would go, hey, that's healthy. And I go, I am so sorry. No. Uh, yes. no, it's not. You want diabetes. That's cool. That's on you. But I can tell you right now, there is not a person on the face of this earth that truthfully goes, I would rather be 400 pounds. It's hard on your body. It's physically taxing, psychologically taxing. You feel horrible because you're eating horrible and you're not moving. When I got pregnant, I gained 42 pounds. Mm-hmm. I am five foot flat. And on a good day, I weigh 106. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I gained half my body weight to make a human that was six pounds, three ounces. Wow. And I ran every day. My point is, I know what it is to gain that. I know what it is to lose that. I know what it is to care about myself. And I just care too damn much to accept the idea that diabetes is healthy, that overweight is a, a way to be teaching our young generation. And that two standards should exist when they shouldn't ever. Ever. 100%. You've got to see, you guys have to see through like who stands to gain from that type of marketing. That's all I'm just, there's a whole bunch of industries literally hoping that you believe them and that you will just descend into just being a mindless eater, Mm -hmm. consumer, medical, like cow. Disaster. Yeah, for their whole life. So anyways, God bless you. Get out, be physical, be thoughtful. Um, And if you're, if you are facing some kind of mental situation or any kind of dark place, do the same thing you would do if you were being ambushed while on patrol. Massive Mm -hmm. action, attack the attacker. There are more than enough different organizations out here to help you. But the main thing is that you get into massive, massive action. You will find a way out. You fight your way out. And we're supposed to know mm-hmm. how to fight. So fight. What would you say about boom, 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 the TBI? Yeah. Like, we go into this. Like, what was yeah. your, maybe even how it happened and how your life, like uh, all the stuff and then what you've done and where we are now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've been knocked out. I was knocked out at least a handful of times before I was six. Right. So, you know, that just wasn't a discussion when I joined the service. It wasn't um, part of my life. I was a competitive uh, rugby player. I mean, I've torn my own eyelid off playing rugby. I've I've knocked myself out more times than I would like to admit. Um, I was a downhill mountain biker and a motocross racer. I've hit my head. Okay. So it didn't shock me that when I started standing beside an M777, which is a 155 millimeter howitzer, and the concussive blast that comes off from every single pull of a lanyard is is a small concussion. So it doesn't shock me that that was something that happened. What did shock me was the lack of care for it and the lack of diagnosis. Now, the only reason that I got or re- received treatment for my traumatic brain injury was because my husband almost died from one. So let me back up and say, August, yeah. Yeah. My husband was a professional supercross racer. He raced the AMA supercross circuit uh, for Suzuki. He owns a company called Atlas Neck Brace Technologies now and Matrix Concepts. And they it's a neck brace that prevents cervical spine injury when you're wearing a full face helmet. And oh. so 
Yeah. So my husband retired in 2010 from racing professionally. And that's when we met was right after deployment. So I kind of saw the tip of what that was to be a, a professional athlete on his level. And then the life after that, and we've been together for 13 years and he did not start showing signs of a traumatic brain injury until August, not of last year, the year before. So 2021, um, we were in the garage. I'm a cannabis user. So I was doing what we do at night, listening to Joe Rogan podcast, Woo. smoking a joint, sitting in the garage, chilling, doing our thing. Rogan. He, yeah, he, um, he grabbed his chest, not on the left side, like a heart attack, but on the right side. Okay. And he goes, honey, something's really wrong. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you mean? Just sit down in a chair. So he sits down yeah. and he goes, something's wrong. And he turned gray and he fell to the ground and he goes, honey, I'm dying. And just dropped like that. There was no warning signs. There was no lead up. There was no light sensitivity. There was no digestion issues. There was no drop off in hormones. There was nothing. <clears throat> so it was a, to say it was triggering was to say the least. And I've been involved in a situation in Afghanistan where somebody was there and I turned my head and that person was gone. And it, it was a real aggressive firefight included body collection, including, you know, just the, the nastiness that is war. So when my husband just said, I'm dying and dropped to the ground, right. everything started moving really slow, really fast again for me. Yeah. Um, we got him to the hospital and uh, I have no issue calling out the hospital uh, in White Rock, British Columbia, the hospital called Peace Arch. We go in, I pull up in my car as fast as I physically can get them there because the ambulance put us on hold and 911 put us on hold. Uh, we have a shortage of ambulances in British Columbia. It's Canada's a nightmare. So I get them there. Yep. And we bring them in and they go, have you used any drugs today? Well, I'm sorry. I'm a plant-based user. I use ayahuasca. I use psilocybin. I use cannabis. Those are not drugs. And I don't care your opinion on it. They're just not. Um, they're medicine and they are from God's earth for a reason. And so my husband at that point had smoked, had taken I think it was like a handful of like a puffs off a joint, which he had been using cannabis now for a while, hot minutes. So it wasn't like it was like yeah. some reaction. Yeah. yeah. At, at that point, they put him up to leads and said, hey, we can't give you an IV or anything because uh, of your drug use. So Peace Arch deemed him a drug addict on paper immediately after admitting to using cannabis. So they provided no care. But he's conscious, he, though. like he came back in and out. No, he was in and out really bad. Like our neighbor had to help him get into the vehicle. He was his whole body gave out. He had nothing. He couldn't function. So he's sitting there and he's shaking per, and he's sweating profusely. And, and he's sitting here like some Gestapo folks, just like, sorry, you use drugs. We can't help you. Like die in the hospital. Right now, like, yep. We're just doing this, and so it was a woman that was clinically overweight yeah. that had the nerve to say that I could not come in either because it was COVID. So nobody could advocate for my husband, who was delusional at best at this point. So this then happened. We got him home. They had so no answers. Bad. Yeah, it's so fucking bad. Um, and over the past couple of weeks, the weeks after that followed, we had similar situations where we had to rush him to the ER. Things like that would happen. Um, long and short. This had gone on. Uh, the medical system in Canada had refused to help us. Doctors wouldn't see us because of COVID. Um, can Canadian doctors wouldn't allow you to go into an office. They wouldn't allow, they wouldn't see you in person. They would prescribe medication to you over the phone without checking your blood pressure or anything like that. <clears throat> but they would not let you in. 
So move out of Canada. You still live in Canada? Yes, dude. I bless you. Yeah, Yeah, that's like a struggle. That's like some third world. That's something that you would expect people overseas to be dealing with. Like that's yeah. It gets worse. So we we did this for a while. Paid for MRIs privately. Did everything we could to try and diagnose him, and we were only getting met with, "Well, he's depressed." And we're like, it's not, this is not, there's so much more to this than depression. And my husband's never been depressed. He's never had mental health issues a day in his life. So what happened was I put a call into a friend of mine named Ronald Farrell. And I, it was a voice message. And if you know me, I voice message and I'm annoying that way. I'm managing my time and I got stuff to do. I just, let me just blast. And I, but I do kind of hate it when people send them back because I can't read them on my watch as they come in. So many of my friends are like, text me. I'm not listening to that. (laughs) So I messaged him and I was bawling my eyes out. And I just said, Hey, like, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to lose my husband. And, um, he goes, can I play this for the doctors? And I said, yes. This was Wednesday on Sunday. He was in Texas at the Resiliency Brain Center and um, Defenders of Freedom. The organization helped me get him down there and they treated him. And my husband came home to me and we found out he had an undiagnosed traumatic brain injury. His hormones and testosterone had bottomed out. Everything had bottomed out to the point where he was no longer functioning. And it took us, man, he's still going through it, but he's working again. He's starting to move more. He can eat again. He can look after our son again. He can function. And that is in no part because of the Canadian healthcare system and 100% in part because of the community I've surrounded myself with, people's willingness to help me when my family needed it and our willingness to go, we don't have another choice. So he did TBI treatment. um, And this was in... The last week of February, he did a two-week intensive with resiliency, and um, it was because of uh, Doc Gaudet and Doc uh, Michelle Eisenman that my husband's even here. And then my husband's willingness to learn about himself, understand hormones, understand diet, be willing to put the work into himself to stay with us. Um, Because of that, I was then offered uh, a trip to the resiliency program through Defenders of Freedom, um, through Donna Cranston, and they funded me to go into treatment. And I flew into Texas the week after he got home. I did the uh, the Warrior Angel 4x4x48 four four to help heroic hearts and vets. And then that night we were done, I drove from Houston to Dallas and started brain treatment with them right away. And so since then, I've been doing incredible. I've been doing so much better. You know, I have my dips and my things with my dysautonomia and my pots, but for the most part, staying up on my vitamins, staying up on my blood work, staying up on my light therapy, making sure that I am taking my diet seriously, eating for my blood type, not fucking around with it, time on screens, like moving my body. I have to do the work to get better. These people can help you get better, but they can't be all of how you get better. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a, of a thing in our in our community where veterans almost think the VA is supposed to do stuff or do something or do everything or, and it's horrible because they, they don't one, but it's, it's just, I see a lot of people sometimes like waiting for someone or something or some pill or some whatever. And I'm like, when was it ever like this? I know in the Marine Corps, it was never like this. It was literally like, 
you are out there and you are going to survive or you're going to die based on how good you are at what we taught you. And you will not make the scrolly thing on CNN and no one cares. And you're whoever is back home is cheating on you. So don't die and like figure it out. This is what the whole thing always was like, take your, and in every single, and then of course, you know, like doing private security, I work with these different types of professionals. Some of the NFL guys, everything's They eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich. It's like, I'm going to eat this as first down. And you're like, okay, cool. But to us, everything's a war, you know, like, like to me, it's like my diet is a war, you know, like I'm aggressive about like the way that I do my intermittent fasting, uh, different single ingredient foods that I eat on purpose. Like fun is a luxury. What things that I like, this stuff is for like kids. You know what I mean? Like we need to be optimized. So I agree with you hundred percent. Like, and being aggressive at finding out what truly really is good for you and really will actually help you is actually becoming more and more sophisticated, but it's something the individual has to do. There's so Absolutely. much but there's Absolutely. There's tools, Byron. There's, there's, there's so many tools at our disposal. Right. Like great example. We started with Inside Tracker. Okay. Yeah. I have no, in, I have no affiliation with them. So I'm not trying to like push, but I'm, this is the tools I use and the steps I use. Okay. Inside Tracker is a website where you can go and you can upload your blood results and it will show you via a graph in orange, uh, yellow, red, and green. And it will show you where you're sitting. It will tell you how to correct it via food or vitamins. That simple, nothing more complicated, works like a charm. And in America, I know that you guys, it's super expensive to get your blood work done, but there is a new company. Um, Huberman was having a conversation about it. Basically you can, uh, they give you your own system and all you do is you prick your finger and you put a couple dots on a piece of paper, you send it out and it can give you your hormone markers at 17 biomarkers right off the bat. So I, I don't remember the name, but I'll, um, let me see hit if I can with, get, cause hit me with the yeah, link. it's, it's so important. Yeah. Because like when, you know, uh, when, when that stuff happens, it's, you need to know exactly what it is. It's called SIP Hox health, S I P H O X health. Um, my husband sent it to me this morning, but basically in saying that is there are ways you can circumvent in America where it's like, well, blood work is so expensive. Okay. Well, this is how you can do it. Then you can upload those results into things like inside tracker and at least get your diet on point and know what you're missing. No, Hey, my B12 dropped off. How do I fix that? Okay. I eat this cool. Or I can take this supplement. Cool. It's not about doing these huge life overhauls. It's literally small steps. Wake up in the morning, within the first 10 minutes, get light in your eyes. Do not have caffeine till 90 minutes after you wake up to avoid that crash around two or three o'clock. Okay. There's just like baby steps, right? (laughs) It's it's funny because the only reason I know all of this is because of my husband. It's because we had to live this journey. It wasn't a journey I wanted to live. No, that's awesome. I don't mess with coffee, but I do take a little caffeine tab when I wake up. Um, into this my wife was also telling me she was like you know you're not supposed to have caffeine right when you wake up i'm like what are you 90 saying? minutes i mean just pure caffeine though like no coffee 90 minutes yeah i'm gonna do my own research <laughs> i'll send you the links all right girl that's what's up yeah insight tracker that's awesome wait but hold on so this tbi happened like 10 minutes ago this was like during COVID. this was like very recent yeah yeah and- the tbi stuff was 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 new. The TBI stuff was, uh, was a lot. It was, um, this is all like, 
I'm learning as we go here, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm a product of, uh, and I've always been learned the hard way yeah. since oh. since tiny human. It's like nothing is going to be easy. Everything is going to be goddamn difficult for you because you're going to choose professions and jobs and careers that you just it's you don't get to walk into corporate America and be like, I'm beautiful. Give me a job. Yeah, yeah. You have to fight for everything. No, that's how everything my life has been as well. And it's been, but now that I'm like me now, it's kind of cool because then it's like, you know what you're capable of. You're not really scared of anything. (laughs) Pick a battle. You're like, I'm gonna make a difference in the veteran game. Boom, you hit it and you have an impact because you built everything inside of yourself for over all these years of hammering Mm -hmm. so let's get into oh how do you guys select the 20 percent of proceeds that go out to the organizations you send them to how do you select them like i know it's i mean i'm sure it's awesome so what is it yeah it's pretty damn simple people that actually make an impact people that actually spend their money properly and people that are willing to open their books to me period so Mm I don't mess with wounded warriors. I don't touch people who have had issues in their past when it comes to giving six figure salaries. I don't play that game at all. Um, I work with an organization that, that I not only have a product with, but I promote heavily in in Canada called honor house society. Um, They have one paid employee, one, one, that's it. Everything else is volunteer. They have 160 acres with 10 cabins that have uh, operational stress, stress injury type of clients up there. Equine therapy. They have a house in British Columbia that is kind of like a Ronald McDonald, but for first responders and veterans. So police, border security, uh, paramedics, veterans, you can all go there. Your whole family can stay there like cash free. They will look after you while you're doing, going through whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be for you. If your kid's doing chemo at like sick kids or something, like your whole family can stay. So the honor house is legit. I've never seen somebody spend the money the way they do so effectively in Canada that I work with two organizations and I'm very specific about it. Um, in terms of America, I'm really, it's really clear cut defenders of freedom right off the bat. They get people TBI treatment and they put you through the program. They put you in the hotel. They pay for everything. The reason why they are so important to me, number one, obviously they helped me when I was uh, out of America. They didn't know me, didn't need to help me. They have a long ass list of American veterans that they could have helped first, but they put me in because I knew I was desperate for help and no one in Canada would fund it or help me. So Mm. that's where I was at. Defenders of Freedom, I think has like two or three employees. The rest of it goes, man. And it goes. And I've seen the impact they have because the part of the problem is we've been treating PTSD and we haven't been looking at the TBI. So we've been putting the cart before the horse. They really believe that this needs to change and they're putting all their eggs in one basket and they're doing it. So Defenders of Freedom boot campaign, man, they're they're legit. They've been around for a hot minute, but they know what they're doing. They Mm -hmm. use their money perfectly. And they now with the team they have in place, have had more impact now than that organization has had, you know, in a long time. So boot campaign is a massive, massive component. Um, all secure foundation. I love them because they look after the family unit. They look after the husband and the wife. They understand that PTSD is not a one person thing. This is a family, right? Run by Tom and Jen Satterley. Tom is an ex-Delta operator who was involved in the, you know, the iconic, you know, movie based off of Black Hawk Down. He's He's got some time under his belt. He's done some things. Jen Satterley, an author herself, 
has showed up for people and women in this community and, and, you know, people that are, have been with the spouses for a long time. Then you've got people like Heroic Hearts Project, which is run by a Jesse Gould, former uh, army ranger, somebody who showed up for me when I needed help in a really big way and showed me not only that their program puts their money where their mouth is, their program has significant integration on the front end and the back end, and then also can offer support for spouses when going through psychedelic treatments. Vet Solutions, which is Amber and Marcus Capone, who's SEAL Team 6 guy, um, both good friends, both people I would recommend their organization to. They take people just like Heroic Hearts to Peru, to Mexico, to wherever. They really do the different work. I truly believe psychedelics are going to be the thing that saved this community and step, you know, really step it outside of itself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got, you've got a significant amount of foundations that are doing the work, but the people that I choose to partner with, I partner with because they show up. I've seen it in person. I've experienced it in person and I know what they spend and they've been honest and, and open with me. Yeah. I figured it was something like that, but I wanted to get mm -hmm. to mentions the backup the shout out we can link to all of them here if any of you guys want to chase them down in the show Thanks. that is awesome what about wait do we have any suspicions on when this tbi occurred or for me husband for my husband well the problem is is his tbi tbi well he'd yeah. been racing since he'd been young he was a. Uh, a super high level gymnast before he went hardcore into the supercross world. And we, you know, we don't have an exact date, but we, we have, we are suspicious that, you know, the first femur break, then the second femur break, then the wrist break, then the fingers break, you know, so there's in there, it's in there. Okay. Just trying to just yeah. doing the math, you but, know. About, but 10, 15 years later, right. Show up to great up. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of sleepy stuff. It um, can be sneaky that way, man. Yeah, that's gnarly. But these organizations that you spoke of, they got you guys on a protocol and got you back up online. Sounds like pretty, pretty, pretty rich. Defenders of freedom. Yeah, for me, 100%. Um, in terms of what my husband, see, the thing is the Resiliency Brain Center in Coppell, Texas, yeah. they treat civilians as well. So they work with vets in the morning, civilians in the evening, and they do that so that there's no face melting conversations transitioning over and nobody gets offended. Um, <laughs> melting conversations. Listen, uh, I was there and a civilian walked by during treatment when I was there with a buddy of mine who is uh, a sniper in the 75th. Him and I were just having, you know, standard wartime stories and somebody complained within the, just the walking by. So they're smart about it. God bless them. Yeah. Well, what's the hardest lesson you've learned on this journey? Oh man, I've learned all the, <laughs> all the I've learned, I learned every lesson. Um, the hardest, the hardest lesson for me was learning that no one is going to come save me and that as much as I want to be better, the powers that be don't really care if I get better. And the reason I can say that with like a very serious face on my look and a little bit of emotion is Veterans Affairs has been caught in Canada offering assisted suicide since 2019 to veterans instead of treatment. So here's the thing that gets me. If the powers that be really wanted us better, they wouldn't be ever offering that. Um, they don't really care to want us better. They want us dead, numb, or dumb so that they can not pay us what we're owed for doing the job and putting us in the positions that they should never have put us in. I was never supposed to be CST, homie. 
I'm not a running and gunning. I'm a pull from afar. I will support you from afar and I will blow up the towns if you need me to. If people are overrunning you, I got you. I will make sure not to drop on you. I will show up when you need me, right? I'm sneaky that way. I shoot from afar, but my impact is vicious. So I was Did never- you write this? Did you just write this song right now? <laughs> no, but that's just like my life. rapper right now is listening, being like, this is my next bars for my next. That was, that was hard. That was legit. All right. But cool. that's the truth. I know. I just, listen, I am like, I keep grenades on my table. I am this. Yeah. I am small and yeah. I am vicious, but I will fuck your world up sideways if you're on the wrong side of me. <laughs> I was never meant to run and gun though. Yeah. And when I did run and gun and I was met with the harsh realities of what that means during fighting season in 2009 with a British army that got just destroyed in that summer, mm. I learned really quickly yeah. that I was going to have to do this on my own because they didn't want to take responsibility for putting me in that position. Right. They fucked up and they know it. Big time. And then when I left Afghanistan and was sent home to the hospital and no one contacted me for six months, the Canadian army knows what they did. They messed up. But when the thing I'm so grateful for was I had a support network around me so that when Veterans Affairs came calling saying, hey, we want to med you or we want to give you MAID, which is medical assistant and dying. I had people enough to be like, you're strong enough. You don't need to use that. We don't need to take, you don't need to be another number and another statistic. You can be something bigger than that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I agree with you 100%. And I think on this point, it is the same. It's kind of, we already talked about it a little bit. They don't, they, the powers that be, don't want us to be intelligent, independent, strong, critical thinkers. Um, we arrived on a planet that has everything we would ever need on it to thrive yep. uh, and there's been a whole system superimposed over the top of it to where we have to like work to make money now and we have to work to like into this this whole thing and if we really realize who and what we are just just before getting to the higher spiritual stuff but as a human walking on a planet where you got everything and you have consciousness and all this stuff if you're able to just realize i don't think they want us to realize that so they create no. wars you know i hate war i hate war and i'm a man of i'm a man of peace that's good at war right that's good right. at combat because i have to use it to save people but with that having been said i agree with you and i and i and i see it in everyday life as i watch my tv and i watch all the commercials and i watch all the brainwashing and social engineering people asleep and and i listen to the messaging even in our community that yeah you're right no one's coming to save you. We shouldn't even, there's no problem that we shouldn't be able to sit at a table and talk about so our young men and women don't have to go and chop themselves up and blow themselves in pieces over. There's no problem that exists that we shouldn't be able to solve the way. Um, no. It's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to save yourself. That's this yeah. game. Your homie should call you and check on you. I hope he does. But at the end of the day, you've been given sovereignty and lordship over your life. And then it becomes, and if you, when you save yourself, then it becomes about saving other people and reaching out and being like, I'm strong, I'm capable. Like how many of my buddies can I get? And how many of us can link shields and create a rampart that people that we can triage everyone behind us? Like, and then we just start to create this momentum, which I think is so beautiful. And I'm glad you alluded to proudest moment in the game. My whole life. Yeah, whatever comes to mind, like the proudest moment, something good. 
Well, in this day and age, I guess anybody can make them, but I've made a human before. Yeah. Um, Pretty super dope. I got one on the and, way. And uh, yeah, I know. And um, there's something really spectacular about being able to like populate the planet yeah. uh, with your body. And so I, I'm I'm a very proud woman that is physically able to do that. And I'm proud of being able to have had my son. I think that's, you know, from a, from that perspective, being able to have a child and foster that child in a different way and hopefully turn him into a leader for the next generation, which he already is. His teachers find it. They, I'm they're sure like, he, he, can't, he can't be last in line ever. He has to be first at everything. He does up all the kids jackets. He helps them with their lunches. Like my kids, uh, a leader, he's a, he's a thriver. He's a fighter. He's all of the things I've ever wanted. So from that that's my proudest moment from making that human. If you're talking about proudest moment outside of being a, a mom, it, I guess it would be um, being there for myself and showing up for myself in a way that number one, I didn't know I was capable of. Number yeah. two, I didn't ever think I would have to. And uh, number three, something that I, I'm able to help others with. I wanted to show up for myself my whole life, but you know, when you're young, you don't really necessarily have the tools to do that. Well, I'm 33 and now I've spent the past almost eight years growing this business from the kitchen table as art therapy. And all I ever wanted to do was keep my friends alive. So my other proudest moment is keeping myself alive long enough to see the light. That's awesome. And that is something that I think every human should have. Like, I would argue that you're not even really, truly living. Like, that is like the point. Like, like, it doesn't matter what your fight is or your struggle or your gift is, but like the journey will cause you if you get on the journey, if you get on the, okay, I need to do something. If you get on the find my new fight, if you get on the like, why am I here? Like, what is this all about conversation? You will learn that you are capable of so much more than you ever thought. You'll become a version of yourself that you can be proud of. You'll unlock mm-hmm. fulfillment every day of the journey. Like you just moving the needle this much, your little incremental victories are just like soul feeding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they it, fill my cup. Yeah. And it just becomes, it takes on a whole life of its own. So when I hear people say like, well, I could never do that. Or I could not, it's like, you don't know. One, you don't know what you're capable of. You can't, two, you can't see the mountaintop from the bottom of the mountain. You have no idea. Three, you don't even know if you like the thing yet until you start struggling with it, you know? So it's it's like, just get on the path to getting better. Whatever that means, whatever that means to you, start fighting, start fighting, just start fighting, you know? Yeah, the, the word is start, that's it. Start, period. I don't give a shit what you're starting at start stop yeah. it <laughs> yeah, right and that's the God. game that's what warriors do uh last few questions as we get into this yeah. favorite quote mantra saying work hard help harder outstanding and isn't it crazy how i feel like a lot of people sometimes well and maybe it's a younger part of life where you're trying to kind of like find who you are maybe i don't know but like mm-hmm. what i find is Real life comes from contribution. Work mm-hmm. hard so that you're valuable. And then you can make these ultra valuable contributions, which yeah. are like the most fulfilling thing that life becomes all about. Yeah, 100%. I It's so funny because um, I started saying that about four years ago. And I had a girl that was working for me at the time. And I said, hey, we were working on a marketing plan. And I was like, 
we have the other one that we use and it's learn, heal, excuse me, learn, heal, grow. And that's what we want ultimately. Oh my gosh, I have the hiccups. Ultimately, what we want for everyone is to learn from something, heal from their trauma and grow from it, right? Use those tools that you've, you've gained within that growing and just move forward. Um, but the I said one day, I said, what about work hard, help harder? And she goes, that's stupid. And I said, well, here's why it's not. I said, because I work incredibly hard every goddamn day of my life. Yep. It's not to, it's not to benefit me. I don't pay myself. So I don't really know what I'm doing all of this for, right? If it's Money. not for me, what is it for? Help harder. We are all the masters of whatever the hell we want. The problem is for some reason we've allowed society over a long period of time to now tell us that you should only help someone if it's going to benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So instead of that mentality of, well, he's going to do this for me. So I'm going to do this for them. Just show up selflessly, show up selflessly because no one else is right. So be the outlier. I started the company to not make a billion dollars. It's to help other people. Yeah. People are like, well, it's for profit. Yeah, it's for profit. Cause you know how much it costs to ship a product? Do you know how much it costs to run a company? You yeah. got to fund it through something. So if you can work really hard at what you do and take all of that and help people even harder, you're going to make a more, a, a larger impact, a more fruitful impact, an impact that will last a lifetime and not just a blip on the face of this earth. 100%. And your life's going to matter. Like that's really what this whole game is. And the thing is like, it's when I hear it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Like when I'm in a position where I come in contact with someone and I can just help them not need or ask for anything in return. This is where I want to be. Like my will to power is I want to be able to impact this entire world. Like I want people to know, like I want to be able to help people in ways that no one ever has. Like I want to make the whole world a safer place by helping good people to become more dangerous. Like that's why I want to become powerful. And so you start this whole like, living for yourself or getting something back. I want to be in a position where I don't need anything from people. And that's, I think that's like one of the most, I don't know how to say it, but it's so much more validating than anyone ever giving you anything in return for anything that you're able to give them. Man, I got to tell you to, to know you almost have to do it and live it to understand what we're trying to get, get to you. 150%. 150%. And like a great example of that. And I know you want to move on. So I'll give a great quick example of this. It's well, here's the thing. The, the one of the best definitions of that was actually the person I was standing with you uh, when we met at SHOT Show. It was Alana Stott. Yep. So this woman's a close combat officer, author of five books. Mention anyways, because they're awesome. They're amazing. Well, yeah, Dean and Alana are great. Dean's great <laughs> on his own, but Alana is somebody that's just kind of scratching the surface. And I will tell you like, She's got a member of the British Empire for working in mental health and working with vulnerable individuals. She works in human trafficking. She's got five books. She's got three kids. She is vicious. They own a contracting company. And I met them through a friend named Jez, who has a podcast called The Veteran State of Mind. British guy, New York Times bestseller, ghostwriter, bad dude. He calls up because I got these two people you should interview. So I have Dean on the show. Dean's cool. And then I slowly find out that I love Alana more. Sorry, Dean. Mm-hmm. And um Alana comes on the show and we start having this conversation and we became mates. So cut to a year later after that, right? Alana knows me as becoming friends, all of this, but we're not, I don't work in the the security world, right? Mm -hmm. Afghan pops, right? August pops. 
Yeah. Everyone's in it. And I'm sitting here and I get a phone call from a buddy of mine named Griff from Combat Flip Flops. And he goes, yo, I got a nine pack of VIP Canadians. You don't get them. They're going to die. Someone's got to move them. I can't move Canadians. I can move Americans, but I can't. So Griff was the guy who got me to Heroic Hearts, right? He came on the podcast. They sponsored the show. And he saw through a screen that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, he goes, are you okay? And I just... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he pried, though. Yeah. Next thing you know, 30 days later, I was sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony with him because of his kindness and moment and peace, right? So when this guy calls, I answer the phone. Yeah, yeah. I go, okay, well... I don't know this world and uh, I'm a podcast host and a company owner. Yeah. But let's give this a hard go. Right. Cause yeah. again, I don't have the tools, but I'm going to find the tools because I have been trained as a goddamn <laughs> warrior to show up for myself. Right. So I, I text Alana, Hey, got a question. There's no way you're not involved in what's going on. Right? <laughs> Everyone's there. Yeah. I know it's like, it's like shot show, but like with the yeah. Taliban, but like for and real, <laughs> yeah, but like for real. And so I, she goes, what do you need? Right. Mm-hmm. Not how much money do you have? Right. Not what can I, what can you do for me? What do you need? Kelsey? I said, I got a nine pack. I got the head of the Afghan government. I got her family. I got this woman who was a female's rights advocate who was being hunted down and a three-year-old that just got beat by the Taliban. I need your help. Yeah. She goes, okay, send me their docs. She goes, can't get, can't get them done with Canada. They put two people on the IR, IRGC paperwork, IRCG, IRGC paperwork to identify paperwork, right? All of Afghanistan Canadians were emailing this one guy was responding and then they just stopped responding. Cut yeah. to snap election, federal election in Canada, media blackout. No one can talk about Afghanistan, right? Okay. You see how this is all working out? Yep. No one's coming from Canada to no fucking coming. help us. Yeah. We were having our own problems over here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent a plane of 76 Canadian soldiers to the Kabul airport. That plane left empty. And within 24 hours, those Canadians left. So now I got the Americans and I got the Brits. So I call the Brit. I know Alana goes, give me your documents. This is the middle of the night. We got five days before we're fully pulling out of this country. I got this family hiding in a safe house, freaking the fuck out because their kid just got the shit kicked out of them by the Taliban. So we go, Alana. Here's the docs. I don't know what else. I don't know how you need it. I don't know how you formatted it. This is what I got. This is what I, I, got. Just, like, this what I got. Yeah. Just give me 24 hours. No joke, less than 24 hours. That woman comes back and goes, Your docs are cleared. Your things are certified. Now it's on you to find how to get them into that airport. So then I spent the rest of the week awake on a nine hour time change, like so many of us, moving human beings yep. through signal on my phone and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I was in. Seven meetings with JSOC, me had seven different people call me and be like, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't know who you're doing this with, but someone's coming for your family. Yeah. Next thing you know, I get a message. Long story short, I ended up up being the handler for this family, moved them through the bombing, moved them through multiple safe houses, all done by voicemail, all done by via communicate with the husband in New York, communicate with the the, guy, the Americans and the British that showed up for me like they always have again. And then I get a call from a, somebody who's a somebody who can't be named, who was like, yo, I'm about to move these people. They got 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I get a text message that just said, um, what was it? It's, I saved it. I put it in my book that's coming out. It just is a screenshot and it said um, jackpot. Yep. 
That's and awesome. now they're all in America and they're all in Canada and they are thriving and they are away from the Taliban and they're safe because Alana Stott picked up the goddamn phone. That's how that works. That's how it works. Relationships. Man, this is awesome and good people. But the, your life can only, I always talk about investing in yourself because you can only connect with people in the relationships on those levels that you're at. But says so much. There's so much to be learned from that. That's amazing. I got to get her on the show. We Dude, she's she's gonna break your brain. Didn't her she, new she, book. No, you don't understand. Like, and she like? Yeah, she, I have to curtsy that bitch now. Like, you don't understand. Like, when your friends start to get to the point where you have to curtsy them, you know you've leveled up. Yeah. She's her kids' books are impressive, but she's got a book out in July. Our books come out the same month, right? And um. It's called She Who Dares. Jack Carr put a quote on the front of it. It's, let me just say her life story. Um, get in there. When I, when I get low on myself, I think about her life story and I go, God damn woman, get it together. <laughs> awesome. You got to insane. Oh, so, yeah. More to come on her for sure. We're going to hundred percent them up and be like, yo, let's do more stuff. Um, we just had Dean on one of the previous podcast episodes. Um, it was awesome to listen to you talk about the Afghanistan situation because yeah, that was a lot of us just over here, just ba 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 mission. Bro. <laughs> like more like stay awake juice. Ah, ah. It was crazy. And I was then I was, you know, working at the same time. Your life is happening by day, and you're like thinking, like, these people are in safe houses right now, terrified. There's women and children, like stay and then, awake. Yeah, like you're like, I have to hammer, like I can't go to bed. Like I can't go to bed. What am I going to go to sleep? Anyways, that was the that was the thing. And now, this time is, in my opinion, and for any other protectors out there in the game, I think this will echo. Is just now it's us getting making sure we're all acquainted with each other and in position for the next time this happens, wherever it yep. does, so we can be even more efficient and effective at helping each other. So well, there. There's an organization that I absolutely love. They're doing it in Ukraine right now. And um, they're training. So they're called Overwatch Foundation. They're they're founded by Mark Turner. Um, he was he was on uh, Sean Ryan not that long ago. There I just had him on as well. And mm-hmm. what I would tell you about them is like goddamn selflessness. People mm-hmm. showing up and doing what they need to do. If you're a contractor in this space, if you're somebody who's trying to get into it, security, whatever, do not underestimate the power of podcasters. Do not underestimate the power of random authors. We've all been in this space in one way or another. We all know somebody who knows somebody. So always reach out, always, always ask. And the least you're going to get is, Hey, I can't get you right now, but I will get to you. Right. Because if we can hold this network together now, inevitably, this is going to come again, right? Oh, it's going, it's a matter of time. Right. You have to learn from it and evolve. Exactly. And keep it moving. Just keep it moving and keep in contact, right? Yeah, 100%. That's the way of it. Awesome. Uh, last few questions. Your book, You Matter. Yeah. What about- Send it. Talk about it. Okay. So uh, book's out. We're going to be announcing it actually the first week of March in uh, some big stuff and some other big things along with it. But big it'll be... Stuff, uh, big things coming up. Big, big things. Big <laughs> fancy ass things it's i my life is weird right now um yeah it's going to be available everywhere it'll be on amazon um it's called brass and unity uh one woman's journey through the hell of afghanistan and back it has been forwarded by neil mcdonough from band of brothers um and some things like that and it's going into pre-production with mcdonough uh, productions as well and so it 
it's out. It's going to be out soon. Um, it'll hard copies and everything will be available July 11th. Um, listen, there hasn't been a female to make this, you know, a New York times bestseller. And that's my goal with this book. We're donating from the book. Yeah. We haven't had like a combat veteran female write about anything and then hit the list. We've had a lot of dudes. Yeah, that's what we do, you know. The combat that's like our space, like combat veterans. That's our space. You know? Yeah. So well. So yeah. So um that's the goal with this book. I want it on the list. I think it's uh, worthy of being on that list. And I think what comes from that list comes a lot of money to donate, right? And that's what we want. We want to donate to these communities and and make this a tool, let people learn from it. So it's for the Brass and Unity book will be out soon. You'll be able to get it on Amazon. I think it's on pre-sale right now on Amazon. We're just not advertising it or talking about it till the first week of March. Okay. Um, we'll be on lots of podcasts this year in a complete press tour. We're doing, you know, Cleared Hot and Jocko and all the all the, the community. I got yeah. you early. I knew I needed to get in there, get get you early before you know you, you're not answering. Well, Listen, I've I've done their shows before. It's not my first time. I've I've done all the, you know, run the whole gamut with them before and they've all become friends. I've been really lucky. I had a lot of support in the community with this book. I had quotes from Marcus Capone, Jesse Gould, Andy Stumpf, Dean, Alana Stott, um, the British operators I served with, Neil McDonough, actors, doctors. They've all come to the aid of this and said, like, like, you've done the work. Now let's see if we can help. So I've been really fortunate in this community and the book is my life. It yeah. literally starts from when I started fighting, why I stopped fighting to my time overseas, to my psychedelic journey and healing, to the loss of our first child, to um, Afghanistan. And then we put, we transcribed the voice notes of us pulling that family. And I can tell you right now, it is as dramatic as any movie will ever get. Um, and then we have a quote from the family themselves on the book as well. So this book is my baby. It is my life. It is not by me by any means. The last time you'll hear from me as an author, we got a couple other lined up and uh, I plan on putting myself out there because I learned the hard way. So why not learn the lessons the easy way through a book rather than getting the shit kicked out of you through life? <laughs> Outstanding. You're so like, you're just so dialed in. I love it. I love it. The authenticity. Uh, oh, it's painful, isn't it? It's so good. It's it's refreshing. A lot of people, it's they don't get to that spot. Like even when you're talking, you're on. I love it. Um, because of, that's psychedelics and that's self-work and that's caring about myself to know that I'm worth it. And then finally being comfortable when I hit 30, looking down at myself and going, who do I want to be? What do I believe in? Doing self-evaluation. So I know when I say something, I'm not off the cuff. Oops, I said that. Yeah. I believe in everything I say. 100%. I'm the same way. But let's talk about psychedelics real quick as we as we get out of here. Let's do it. There's so much, but like, I just want to touch it. I just want to get it. I feel you. I feel you. It's all good. What about them? Well, Heroic Hearts Project is great. Yeah. How have they helped your life? Oh, no, they saved my life. There is no helping my life. They were the biggest proponent of keeping me on this planet. So I had done the pharmaceutical medication. I was diagnosed in Afghanistan. I was put on drugs in Afghanistan and put back on a machine gun. So the fact that I'm sure illegal. (laughs) I've lost so many friends, like, like dudes, like good dudes, never did drugs. Boy scout would never touch a drug addicted to opioids. The government, you know, like gave him running towards, you know, suicide, just create lost seven years of his life as an addict on the streets. Thank you, uncle Sam. Like, it's just crazy to me. But anyway, no, all natural. All natural. We started from 10 different pharmaceutical meds a day. Um, in 2014, I started using cannabis. I was one of the first ones that my doctor 
I have an incredible doctor. Shout out to Dr. Greg Passy. He is a Rwanda and Bosnia vet, retired Lieutenant Colonel medic, bad, bad motherfucker, shows up for the community, will answer the phone for anyone. He's been my psychiatrist since 2011. And he goes like, look, like this isn't working for you. Obviously you want to have kids and stuff. You can't be on this med. Like we got to do something different. He said, what do you think of cannabis? And I was like, you probably shouldn't be prescribing that. And he was like, I don't really give a shit. We're going to do something right for you. Okay. So got onto cannabis. I got funded by Veterans Affairs. So I can click shop on a website. 180 grams show up to my door via FedEx paid for by the taxpayers. It's the one program they got right so far. So cannabis, once I got cannabis integrated into my life, I slowly started coming off of other meds, sleep meds and things like that. Switched over to cannabis. Um, in 2019, company is doing great. Marriage is super good. Have a loving, happy husband and son. It was not enough. It. Something started dropping off again and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. I did the fitness. I did the water. I did the no social media. I did the, you know, I did the treatment. I did the, da, da, da. why was I getting worse? Why were things getting worse? I couldn't figure it out. Cut to Kelsey, we think you should do a podcast. You talk a lot. People will probably listen. You should do a podcast. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to do one. My yeah. husband goes, well, why don't you reach out to some sponsors and see if they want to back you? Remember yeah. Shark Tank? And I said, yeah. He goes, you remember combat flip-flops? I said, sure. He goes, well, they put bullets in flip-flops and you put bullets in sunglasses. Like we should reach out. Yeah, like for sure. Reach out to combat. Uh, Griff answers me that day. I invited him on the show, talked to him about the brand. He's like, yeah, we'd love to work with you. I'd, I said, do you want to come on the show? You know, kind of like, you want to come on the show? He was like, yeah. And he's like, absolutely. Comes on the show. We finish the podcast. He leans in and goes, you doing all right? And I go, yeah. yeah. And instead of being like, cool, have a great day. Yeah. He goes, no, seriously, how you doing? Yeah, really? No. And then I just collapsed. The facade was gone. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't hold it up. I said, I'm not doing well. I don't know what to do. I feel stuck. I'm just getting to the point now where like suicidal ideation is really in the back of my mind again. And I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. No. Um, and he goes, well, listen, there's this foundation called Heroic Hearts Project. They're in America. They're run by another special operator that I know. Um, we're doing this thing. Do you want to come? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm on an antidepressant. And they're like, well, you can't be. Yes. So. I got on the phone with the founder, Jesse Gould, and um, he's like, you know, you can't be. I went back to my doctor and I said, look, this is what I think I'm going to go do. I've been offered an opportunity to go sit with ayahuasca. I'm hearing this is what the next progression step is for me. And from a spiritual standpoint, I need to go. I need to go and deal with my shit in a different way. And he goes, okay, so what are we going to do? I said, well, I'm going off of it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm letting you I'm, know, Yeah, I know what you're going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> exactly. And he goes, you know, I'm not happy about the way you're going to do it, but I know I can't stop you, but you have my cell phone number. And so does Brady and you call me. So that next three weeks waiting to go to that ceremony, um, going cold Turkey off of an antidepressant I'd been on for 10 years was not only dangerous and ill-advised, and I would highly rec recommend no one ever do it because it is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, but I did it and it ended in me in a lot of anger, a lot of screaming, a lot of depression, like having to sit in the laundry room and shake and just cry because I was in so much physical pain. Didn't want my son to hear it. And then finally resulted in me going to get on the plane uh, and looking at my passport that expired the day before. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's yep. And I, that's and so, awesome. 
And then they, I heard they, the guys always said to me when we were doing integration, walking into this, right. Cause there's a lot of integration of this, right. Sure. Meetings with doctors and people and like your support networks and making sure you're ready for this. And that the intention is pure because it is not a quick fix and it is not a pill. Um, so I go into this and I do the intentions. I do what I'm supposed to do. And then this happens. They say, you're going to be challenged because she's going to want to know how bad do you want this? So I go, okay, this is how bad I want this. I have a Nexus card with my maiden name. That's still valid. So I call the airport. I say, Ooh, I made a mistake on my passport. I can travel on Nexus across the border. Very good. So they change the name. I fly on my maiden name and I get myself to where I need to be because whether it was swimming across that fucking border, or I was going to tunnel through your ass was bet. I was going to be in that ceremony. So I show up, I go into ceremony with a bunch of other Blackwater, CIA, you name it. And again, shocker, I'm the only woman. And I, yeah. And I, we went in like a bunch of warriors, like a tribe. And we went in and we fought our demons together. And I walked out of that weekend with a new faith, a new found idea, a new way to heal, a new community. And the beginning of the work would start. And the beginning of the work would start, but you would start it with more awareness or consciousness, to use a buzzword, but more awareness in ways that they could help you navigate. Yeah, not just help me navigate, but help me handle the physical pain and the trauma that was my deployments. And I talked about it on my first episode with Jago. It's not up there anymore, but I will tell you if you want to hear a little bit kind of about what my personal psychedelic journeys have been and the intensity and the severity and what they have meant. I talked about them on Lex Friedman. Um, You can listen to that there. I haven't really spoken about them too much since. I've dove a lot further into the medicine now and I understand differently than I did when I first spoke about them. So, but what I will say to you is fantastical things happen on those journeys. It is, you're in a different realm, you're in a different place in a different time in a different space. And it is not... It is not uncommon to have these beautiful stories afterwards, but it's dark and it is painful and it is hard and it is emotional and it is draining. And it is so fucking painful that when you leave, you're physically so exhausted and you're so drained from purging or going through the trauma again. But if you can step up for yourself and walk into ceremonies ready to go to war and you show up with intention and you know what you're asking for, Mama Aya will give you exactly what you need and more, but then she will also show you the things you don't want to see because whether you want to see it or not, that is a part of what you need to go through to get to the other side. I've been lucky enough now. I've sat with Aya nine times and every single time has been harder, but for different reasons. Yeah. But it gave me a faith in God again. It gave me a faith in the universe again. I'm a recovering Catholic, right? I did that as a child. We did the, the whole Catholic game, church, shove it down my throat. Believed in none of it because mm. I had no connection. Mm. But then when you sit in the arms of something more special, something bigger, something tangible, and you have conversations with the world and you see friends that you lost and you connect again and you hear them say, it's okay to move on. And then you're able to lift that survivor's guilt and you're able to go and live your life, not in, not in vain of their name anymore, but in ways to honor their name and keep them alive because you're lucky enough to be here. So show the fuck up the way that you should be. 
Because do you really think on the day of the anniversary that your friend dies that they would want you to be lying in bed depressed? That is like, yeah. They want you running and surfing and swimming and high-fiving and hugging and fucking and being a part of this world. Yeah. Because you're here and you should be. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I'm just sitting here taking it all in. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, I couldn't agree more. There's nothing else that needs to be said about that. That's awesome. Very intriguing. People need to maybe check it out, but do it right. You know, make sure that they're safely in the right company, doing it the right way. Set and setting. Yes. Cannot stress it enough. Integration. I cannot stress it enough. I cannot stress it enough. It is the biggest part of this. If you do not integrate, your brain can break. You can have issues. Life can get really difficult, really hard. And not everyone's going to understand when you say you went for a ride or got turned into a wolf and you saw the underside. They're going to put you in a loony bin. Integrate your shit. Stop pretending you can do the work on your own. And if you don't know how and you don't have a coach, go to be true to you. They'll give you a coach. Go find one. People are out there to help you. Yes. I love it. What's it all for? At the end of the day, how do you want to be remembered? The person who showed up. That's it. I don't need anything else. I want to be the person who showed up for her husband. I want to be the person who showed up for her son. I want to be the person who showed up when the guy had the gun in his hand. I want to be the person who showed up for the lady down the street that needed help with her groceries. I want to be the one who shows up and helps my community stay alive because it's not one of us. It's all of us. And I just want to be the person who shows up. That's all I want to be remembered for. Outstanding. (laughs) This has been an amazing time, Kelsey. I absolutely love it. It's been amazing listening to you. It's been a wild ride, Uh, but I did see that coming and I loved every minute of it for sure because I think people just need more of that energy, man, that vibe. Your story has really, really, I think like it's, it's contributed to you becoming a force to be reckoned with in this world for all the right reasons. For, for the people that we love. And I think that that is truly, that's amazing. Like that's how we honor it. That's how it's not in vain, which is something that I, I live for. So thank you so much for your time and your attention. You know, where can people find you? What are you up to these days? Bye bye. And then we're out of here. Yeah. So brassandunity.com for anything kind of brand related. The podcast page is on there too. The Brass and Unity podcast. We have a YouTube, but uh, we monetize there, but we're available on every different platform. We have weekly episodes. We do about 10 different clips of those every, every episode. So please go check out the podcast. That is the main focus and the growth of the company is my show. I'm obsessed with it. I want to do it to the goddamn day I die. And there, I just don't see females doing it out there in our space the way that I am. So yeah. if you like this kind of conversation, then you'll like the show. Um, the book will be out. It's pre-sale on Amazon now, but we're launching it the first week of March where you're kind of going to hear some other cool things alongside of it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my Instagram is uh, Kelsey underscore Sharon or just Brass and Unity. You can kind of find us everywhere there. And we answer, if you need help, email. If you need support, call. We are here. Yes, we are jewelry and sunglasses, but we are uber connected and we will get you the support you need at a bare minimum. Let us find you support. Do not go this road alone. You don't have to put the ego in the backseat for a second and realize that if you just reach out for help, your life can get better and you are worth living for. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. 
Thank you so much, Kelsey. It's been thanks, such dude. More to come. I'm sure there's more cool stuff we'll do. It's just a matter of time. Boom. Looking forward to it, homie. Yo, ladies and gents, little cheat code, the latest and greatest. Don't hate us because you ain't are not us. Anyways, check it out. My C-A-M-C-K is a great tool to make any weapon that you have sitting in your safe woo, into much more formidable tool, right? Multiple points of contact, throw a right on optic on the top. Uh, you got a little light there. You got thumb rests. You can adjust them to fit your. So if you haven't seen them, check out C-A-A-M-C-K. Take those pistols you have in your safe to the next level. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.